Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. April Murdoch coming to you live again here with the Becoming a Financially Confident Woman podcast. And, um, you know, this conversation I've been wanting to have for a while. Um, I, you know, my, my background is, of course, you guys know, I work with women, women executives and business owners to kind of help them create and grow wealth. And when I say women, I tell uh, my clients, you know, people who identify as women, women, women. So if you Mm. feel that you are a woman and you identify in that space, then this podcast is for you. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think it was last year, I felt like I needed to make that distinction because I had the privilege of speaking at uh, this uh, person's podcast, I mean, on her webinar. I was invited into a group to speak to a group of of folks who identified as LGBTQ+. And, you know, I never made the distinction or the difference in terms of serving them as an advisor and helping people in the community. People are people to me. And, you know, all of that other stuff, I just, I didn't really think about until until I met um, Miss Joy Young. And so I was introduced to her by a fellow advisor who actually uh, felt that I would probably be a better fit to talk with them about money management and financial planning. And so uh, I didn't realize that there was a fraternity where, uh, and and it makes perfect sense, it's a support group, a great place for those who identify um, as LGBTQ plus in that community or marginalized or minority, whatever, it's a safe space for them to help them get the knowledge and education and support that they need. And Joy Young is the leader of that. And so I'm excited to have her on there to ha- on here to have this real candid conversation about the needs of the community, what may be lacking in the community, what we as advisors need to do to su- be supportive, mm-hmm. be more open, and provide the education needed. So, Joy, welcome to the podcast. I thank, thank you so thank much you. for wanting to come on and have this real candid, transparent conversation. Um, and so, thank you. So, what I want to do is I just want you to first give me your background. Tell me about you. Tell us about you. And tell us about the fraternity, what it does, who it serves, all of that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. So I I'm, I consider myself one of the most diverse people because um, not only with the communities that I interact with, just in the corporate workspace. So I'm Joy Young. Now in the corporate workspace, I operate as a program manager and I just recently was offered an opportunity as a program director for NSA. So I've been in the corporate side, more on the executive level side. And that is a, 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 a segregated situation itself by being a woman of color and identifying in a masculine space. So then when we met you, I introduced you to the organization. Now, this is not a D9 organization. However, it is an organization that has been very longstanding in the LGBT community. And most people associate fraternity with men. And But it actually, we are sisterhood. But fraternity is defined as a brother or sisterhood. And so we um, identify ourselves as Alpha Lambda Zeta Fraternity Incorporated. We have been around for 18 years. 
And we are a collective of women that focuses on erudition, which is ever learning, professionalism, community um, volunteerism, um, uh, political activism, and frater fraternal sisterhood. And those are our missions. And we serve communities, not just in LGBT, but men, women, and children. We try to be extremely active where we can be, where we can advocate. And in that, we try to bring other organizations into the fold because a lot of people do not know that LGBT Greek community is larger than what you identify as a the national panhelic or the panhelic council community on um, Greek communities. A lot of people don't know that, but we are large and, and, and we exist. And so, and then the other part of me, I am also a life coach. Now, I, my focuses are manifestation, success, and realization. So um, when I'm doing on my podcast, Regal Mindset, I am the coach. I'm, I'm a millionaire mystic because I do focus on spirituality as well. And I'm a mindset transformer. And I try to help people, which is why I was, you know, wanted you to come and speak to the people because they don't understand the mindset and having money. They focus on money, but not the mindset of having that money. And so that's, you know, the reason why I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. So thank you for inviting me. Oh gosh, that girl, you know what? You have said so many things like my mind, you know, and I told you before when we before we even logged on here, like this is not scripted. I actually right. usually have prompt questions. I didn't even I didn't even create any prompt questions. This right, is like, right. we just gonna vibe and we're gonna talk. And so you said so many things. So one way you gotta back up. I did not okay. know that you guys were larger. So you're saying Absolutely that the you're larger than the Greek organizations? Like, yeah, we have more organizations. We have more chapters. And we don't have the years, but we match and exceed on membership and, and members across the board in the LGBT community. Wow. Right. Because a lot, and, and it happened just like, like we was talking um, the other week. I believe everybody has a half a sense of belonging. So that's what Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants a sense of belonging. And for a lot of us, people assume that we're not educated. So because we didn't go to school, we didn't get into a more recognized fraternity or sorority because it's collegiate. And that's not the case. They were not accepting of us and how we live in our love relationships. So therefore there was spaces created and just so happened with, and that's even in my case. Now, granted, I did go to a PWI. I didn't go to HBCU, but it didn't stop me from being able to go. And it doesn't stop me from going into a D9 organization. I felt more at home with individuals that were like-minded, with mm -hmm. individuals that believed and supported me, and we were all on the same path. There's no one in my organization, and right now I'm the Noble Supreme Bastard, so I am the current president of Alpha Lambda Zeta Fraternity. But there's no one in our organization that is not collegiate. Everybody has a degree. Wow. wow. Every, and if and and no, and we have several that just received their doctorate. We have those that are in pursuit of their doctorate. And since I've been NSB, I have um, partnered. With three educational, um, um, with three universities, Southern New Hampshire, Columbia Southern, and we just, I can't even, oh Lord forgive me, I just forgot the third one, where we have um, our own programs with them where we get discounts for us and our families. 
where we're able to get scholarships that are catered for us to pursue our educational goals. So we are in every, almost every industry possible. You know, I've partnered and now that companies and organizations are more open to us. We've partnered with, um, we didn't partner with AAA, but there's other membership groups that offer discounts that we've partnered with. And we're going to continue these partnerships because they're recognizing that how we're underserved. Man, 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 man. So, you know, you are doing so much to move the needle. Like, this is powerful. You know, I think that no matter who you are, you need support, right? We and need support. To, to exclude somebody because you may not agree or you may not mm -hmm. think or whatever. Like, I, I have a friend and I, we were talking the other day. And, and, um, and so, you know, we were saying, <laughs> like, do you introduce yourself and be like, hi, I'm Dr. April Murdoch and I'm a heterosexual. Like, who does right. that? Like, who does? But <laughs> why do? is that such a big deal when you need the services? You're a human being, you work, you're in the corporate space, you spend your money, right? You're raising your families. Like, what does that have to do with the fact that you need these services right. and these products? You know? You know, and and I and uh, what we've experienced is that a lot of people put um, their morale value on the dollar, mm. and they don't look at it as an overall. Okay, money is green; it doesn't matter who hand it comes from. And like some of the things that we talked about during the webinar, a lot of people don't know in 2019, the LGBT community um, economic wealth power was 3.7 trillion. Wow. Who's serving those? Who is serving that community? So if we're, they don't, and like, and it was actually, um, and I can't think of her name, it was a politician and she was running for president. She was an older white lady. She was running when Hillary was running. And she stated that she didn't know that LGBT people own houses. What do you mean? <laughs> we're taxpayers. We own houses. We own businesses. We own all this. And all of them are not mom and pop shops. So these are not small businesses. These are corporations. And you think that we don't exist in this space because you're looking at your morality compass towards us. Mm. And I'm like, how does that make sense? That, that, you know, I mean, as a black woman myself, you know, I realized the discriminatory practices in this industry, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, I'm in an all white space, male space. Mm -hmm. I, I always say, and it has been said, so it's not, um, new you know it's it's stale male and pale you know financial yeah. planning financial services is kind of that way and so i remember coming into this space and and kind of being told like well black people don't have money where are you going to find the money you can't i remember a white gentleman when i first started like full-time quit my faculty job and he said you know if you're going to work with your people you're going to be broke you'll never make any money like the black oh my have any money right and so, you know, either they put their moral compass on the dollar, right, as far as mm. sexuality or ethnicity or both, right, um, not realizing the power that we have. And so my desire and, and the reason why I do this is, one, I want to help everybody, but two, right. I do want to make sure that my community understands the power that they have at, you know, in with the dollar, like. Right. We're, we are hyper consumers, but actually that means we have a lot of money and we we boost the economy, you know? We, we are the economy. 
Yes, yes. And so when you said the, the can you go back and tell me the number again in terms of economic dollars? Yeah. Right. So it was it, the statistics from 2019, which was the last statistics posted, $3.7 trillion was just from the LGBTQIA economic um, market. Wow. That's not even color because we know African-American has always had the highest. I think it was in uh, 2019, we were in the double trillion, mm -hmm. but then the LGBT came in at the 3.7. Because what we have to realize is that the era that we're going into is that the not only are we closing in on the financial gap, by 2045, it is expected that Caucasians would then be the minority by 2045. I heard that. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we're closing the gap. Now, is it closing fast enough? No. But I think that there are a small number of African-Americans that are seeing and getting the information that they need and LGBT, getting the information that they need to make that pivot into the mindset of money. Because yes, we have the money. We don't have the mindset on how to direct that money. Because I was reading Frederick Hoffman's The Tendency of the African, the, the tendency, the tendency and trends of the Negro. Mm -hmm. And it's an old article where he was given hard facts on how we think when it comes down to money. And I was so blown back because this is a white man from mm -hmm. what the thirties and forties time frame, telling us, telling marketing, this is what you need to do to get their money. And this is why we're such big consumers because we don't value the, the, the money in a foundational way, we value the way it looks and it appears. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, it, there has been a misnomer in our community mm -hmm. that you wear your wealth, you know. Exactly. And so, you know, you look wealthy. And and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we don't have generational wealth. Like, exactly. in our community, like right now, we're the fastest growing first generation millionaires mm -hmm. in the minority community. But before that wasn't the case. So we didn't have any, you know, like you have kids, right? And right. so you, you you have something to draw on as a as a parent to feed to your kid to say, hey, don't do this, don't go there, don't because I've had these experiences. So I have something I can pour into them to guide them. Right. When it comes to finances, we as an African American community, we just really haven't had that level right. of support and education. And hence, that is the reason why I do what I do, because, you know, in the community, we say, you know, education is power. And I remember being young and my parents mm -hmm. drilling into me that I need to get a college degree, that I need to get an education right. because it would open up so many doors for me. And so we're doing that. But now it's like we need to be educated on how to manage the resources that we now receive as a result of the hard work and the education that exactly. we have. And so that's why I am I, I'm so happy to know you and your organization, because you as the leader and the others that I have had the privilege of meeting are really focused on educating and supporting those in the community so that they can have the resources to make different decisions. Exactly. And just like how you stated, and I honestly thank God for people like you, because when we're recognizing 
the the disparities and the disadvantage in the African American community. Just just imagine how far removed the LGBT is, mm-hmm. because now you got the African American community that's already at disadvantage. But then you we're more religious than any other culture, and then so if your child is gay, you're gonna kick them to the curb. So now you got this whole separate group that's trying to fend on their own, and they are they're put at the beyond bottom of the barrel. So that's why they have house. We have houses. We had and and you know you ever seen the show Pose, when they had those dance. Okay, so it so they started what they call a house, and these are where straight LGBT kids get together and they form a family, mm-hmm. and they can live in the worst conditions, but they had that family because their parents kicked them out. This has happened over years, way before I was born, and even up to now, and they have where they're pushed out of normal life. And they're put in these situations where they have to fight with each other. So if we already have this big issue with African-American, you can imagine the separation that LGBT has. So in the past couple of years, we work with an organization called Yes Empowerment in Baltimore, Maryland. Our organization did some extremely large donations and things to them. They are drop-in youth shelter. We did not know that it was that many kids living on the street nowhere to go and all they can do is drop in take a shower they were able to get mail there get a meal and then they had to leave so our organization found this or um found this organization and we went and made these large donations but it opened our eyes saying we didn't know this was we didn't even know this was still going on in the community as a you know as a former foster parent i've seen uh, so many older teenage um openly lgbt kids that remain in the system because nobody wants to deal with them as if they have a disease. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, and I, and I will say like, I I think it was last year I had, no, the year before last, I had the privilege of uh, meeting a couple, um, a lesbian couple, didn't know they were, of course. And I was speaking, I was doing a workshop and they walked in and after of course when we met they said to me we walked in and we knew immediately that you were our advisor and I was like I you know I didn't say anything I'm just teaching this this course and they said well um we're having a problem finding an estate planning attorney to to help us they had a problem they finally got it done but the estate planning attorney wouldn't work with them Right. Because of how they identify. I know that as a black woman, I realize real clearly some of the microaggressions and the way right. I may be discriminated as a black woman, right? But I right. didn't, I know, I, I must have been just like in my blinders on. I didn't realize that now in 2023, 2024, that we're still doing this. Right. When when I, I heard about so many of the the rights that have been given, you know, we're talking about now gay marriage and health insurance and those things that mm-hmm. are supposed to be given, I had no idea. And this was a white couple, so they weren't yeah. even black. And you would they, think. Yeah, they couldn't get in a state. And so, ironically, I called a couple just to test the waters and go, mm. hey, you know, do you work with lgbtq plus community and the people that i call gave me pause like they literally had to pause and think about it and gather their thoughts and then articulate it and i thought to myself what 
the hell is exactly. <laughs> and you would think like, oh, what you where where are we? What year are we in? But it's like I shared with you about my personal experience when I joined um, the the company that I worked for. They didn't even have the the option for me to select my wife as my partner on my health insurance. Wow! And so when they fixed that, then when I'm reading the services that we can receive, it clearly stated in because your your employer tells the insurance company what benefits you can partake in. So. People have to understand that it's not a one shop fit all. I mean, a one size fit all. You, yes, you may have Blue Cross and Blue Shield. You may have Signal. You can have all of these, but your organization says pick and choose what you can have exactly. under our policy and plan. Exactly. They had selected because they were an older white company, good company. They never treated me different. When I had an issue, they stood up for me. So we never had an issue where I felt like I wasn't accepted. It was who I am. Mm-hmm. But there, they had stipulations where we had to be a married heterosexual couple to receive certain benefits. And I'm like, but I'm paying the same premium they're paying, but actually more because I'm paying for family. Right. And they had to go to like exactly. And but they had never had this issue. This is why I advocate for a healthy DEI established program, not recognition, but a program at every organization because these are things that people don't pay attention to. Yes, we got diversity, we got inclusion, but nobody looks at equity as an issue. And that's where you are fair and playing fair across the board. And they miss that. They think, well, it's that it's diversity because we got a Chinese, we got this, we got that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We're included because we have our ERGs. We have a LGBT mm-hmm. group over here. I don't care. I need to be equal. Right. And that's what we need equal pay. We need equal rights. We even in the state of Maryland, when we when we had our door, me and my wife are legitimately legally married mm-hmm. in the state of Maryland. When we got our marriage certificate, I thought that was good enough. When we had our daughter, I went to the hospital. They needed to see proof. They are never asked a heterosexual couple proof of marriage. Oh my! I gave them I had to present proof that we were legitimately married, even though she was on my insurance. We paid for it, proof that we were married. Then in order for us to get a birth certificate for us to sign, I clearly put parent and parent. They sent me a birth certificate said mother, father. I'm not a man. I don't claim to be. So then I had to hire an attorney who was actually on the webinar as well, Jennifer Fairfax. Wonderful. She's a Caucasian lady, but she fights for our rights here in Maryland and D.C. I had to do a second parent adoption on my own daughter. In order for her, for me to be legitimized as her parent, when a man can walk in and sign a birth certificate and not even do a DNA test. And I actually, I say that, so I had to pay extra money to prove that this is my daughter. So even now when I found we had to renew our insurance at my job, I had to send in her adoption papers because it wasn't enough for her to be claimed, for her me to claim her as my biological dependent because I don't have no other she has to be biological because I'm listed as her mother. So again, these are additional fights. And then on top of that, when I was working for Jennifer, she said, if you would pass away right now, my wife legally would get every benefit Social Security has for her, but my daughter wouldn't. 
because the birth certificate said father and they will petition it and say that she wasn't legitimized unless I did the second parent adoption. Oh my gosh. To my daughter. Like we had her together. And I'm like, oh. are you serious? So that was, she was one of the women that we had on that on that panel saying, you need to talk to the LGBT community because they we don't know. We think, well, we had a baby together and this is this, not knowing that legally we're still not protected. Same thing for men. They're not protected. We knew a couple who both had an insemination with their donor, mm -hmm. came out with two babies that had their both DNA, and they still had to fight to put their name on the birth certificate, even though they were biologically theirs. We're an underserved market on every aspect of it. And if we don't make these issues known, it's going to, one, financially drain us because how much I had to pay to get my daughter adopted. And I wasn't even able to claim that on the adoption credit that my job said that uh, was available. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, I, I mean, you are opening my eyes to so many things. I hope my audience is just pissed off about this because, you know, no matter what you believe, no matter what you think, you know, these are human beings. These are exactly. people. These are our future. These are folks that are contributing to our community in so many valuable ways. And for us to put them in a box and marginalize them because we don't agree or our whatever moral, whatever we follow, which is your business, it's, it's horrible. It is it's definitely horrible. And, and I think you know, the reason why I really wanted to have this conversation and do this because, you know, the the help that is needed in the community, I think that professionals like myself mm -hmm. need to stop, open their eyes and see that, you know, the work that we do, I know the work that I do, I feel like, well, I don't feel like my, my whole motto is I serve, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I serve, my, my job is to serve. My job is to serve the people that God has for me to serve. Right. I, irrespective of whatever. And right. you guys need to be served. Supportly, equitably, properly educated because of one, the fact that you contribute so much to the community. Two, it's just wrong. It's wrong. In God's eyes, it's just wrong. You don't treat it's wrong. kids that way. And two, though, the power, the power that you guys bring to the table and how we can help you effectively manage that and help you grow it into true wealth for yourself, which right. benefits our society. Like, it benefits You're society. Right. You're saying it. It's money on the table. Yes. And yes. everybody's walking by it because of where the money is coming from. But it's like, wait a minute. Do you not know that we are in an era and a generation where every generation... A baby, well, baby boomers, except the solid generation, but every generation is represented in the workforce right now. However, the most accepting generation is taking over the market force right now. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the baby boomers are retiring, the Gen Xer, but I'm a Xennial, really. I'm a, I'm crossed between Gen X and Millennial. Mm -hmm. We're moving into a different level, but the millennials are the hiring ones now, they're more accepting than anybody. So with that being said, if individuals that are out of that age market don't realize who is now in power, you're going to miss the opportunity 
of being able to capitalize on an underserved market as a whole because millennials are doing the hiring now. That's the reason why we're looking at more of a relaxed culture because they understand they don't want the issues that Gen Xers had to learn from the baby boomers. Like you said, go to school, work hard, retire. Nobody's in that mindset no more. No. No, they're making money other ways. It's people on YouTube playing with toys, making money. You would have never thought. Because we were taught, my Gen X side was taught by a baby boomer. I was raised by a solid generation. I was raised by my great-grandmother. Okay. So I have all of that, and they taught me, go to school, you do this, you keep your head for it, don't say nothing to them. My dad even said that one time to me. Well, don't go up against them. Just I said, Daddy, I'm a grown woman. If I want to cuss them out, I'm going to cuss them out and walk off their job. They don't own me like that. But he was in the mindset of white is right. And I'm like, joy is not there. Mm -hmm. And so, and we, and when people realize all of these play a big impact in the way money is moving. Yeah. 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 We need to wake up y'all. We definitely need to wake up because there is an opportunity to serve a community that is underserved. And I mean, let's face it. It's an opportunity to grow as a community financially for both. If Mm -hmm. I teach you guys how to create and grow well, then I benefit as well. You know, so, you know, I'm not saying go in with selfish motives, but I mean, really, who would leave $3.7 trillion on the freaking table? And I mean, I, I wouldn't walk away from it. I would figure out how to get my morals and my mind to check and write and say, hey, I need to do what I need to do to serve the folks that need the help in the education and the products and the services and support and all that stuff that I have to offer. And right. so- you are blowing, blowing my freaking mind. So, you know, you, you said not accepting. Do you have, I mean, you talked about the health insurance. I mean, do you have mm-hmm. any other instances where, you know, this has happened to you or maybe somebody that you know that, yeah, I guess that's the question. Yeah, it, <laughs> honestly, it happens quite often to a lot of people don't recognize it as an issue. I'm un- I'm one of those people. I recognize everything as an issue. Like, cause I'm going to question everything because I'm overly involved in a lot of stuff. And because I'm such a hard advocate for DEI on every level, I'm going to always look at everything as, as that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when you brought up about the financial, it, it brought up a, a conversation I had with some real estate friends of mine. And first, you know, back in the day, if an African-American moved into a, a certain community, it was, oh, it's bringing it down, the value down. But the running joke, which is showing to be true, is that if an LGBT couple moves into a neighborhood, people start buying in that neighborhood because they know the value that they're bringing into the neighborhood, which in turn increased the value of that land. Sickening, but true. I live in Baltimore, so we they, Baltimore tried to give us a lot of um, grants and stuff like that, and which is fine, but you have to participate in these programs. So one of the programs I participated is called uh, Live Where You Work. So if you go to this thing, you walk around the neighborhood, you know, you can get an extra $5,000. So I went and took the little tour. Guess what neighborhood they took us in? Patterson Park, which is one of the highly 
um, sought at the LGBT dominated community. All you saw was these flags in the store corner windows, flags, LGBT, and I and I took note of that and I started laughing because I'm like, I can't have this conversation with my friends. I thought this was a joke. Why would you take us through this community to show us the beauty of Baltimore? And then I'm looking at these row houses, which is a common house in Baltimore. Until it's like a brownstone or a townhouse, but they call it a row house, but it's much slender. They're 966 square feet, but they're going for $559,000 in this area. And I'm like, are you using LGBT? And then they had the couples to come out. They're walking their dogs. They're giving us coffee and donuts from their shop. And I'm like, this is really a true thing. Where you're telling me that if you see an influx of LGBT individuals purchasing in a certain area, people are going to start to say the the market is going to determine that that is now a more valuable because LGBT is putting in their money and their presence in that community. And it comes that these individuals value their presence and their presence and their community. So they're going to invest in it. So now it raises the market value of that area. Wow. You know, do you think it's because um, the LGBT, the LGBTQ. I know it's a lot of letters. I forget to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think because the community, I'll just say that the community um, takes better care because they're more sensitive to the criticism of them as a community. And so they feel like, because, you know, it's like it's like this. I, I, I can give you an analogy, maybe. So as an African-American woman, financial advisor, there are times where I go to places with other financial advisors of different backgrounds. They can be white, different colors. But I noticed that they're a lot, they may be a lot more relaxed in their dress. You know, like mm-hmm. the guys may not necessarily wear a tie. And some of the women might have on flip-flops, you know, and they identify as a financial advisor, a financial planner now. But mm-hmm. myself, I always feel like I have to be, like, a certain terror, right? Yeah. So I have to have this, this, you know, formal corporate persona in the way I dress. You know, I've got to make sure my nails and my hair and my suit is on point and I have the right heel, you know, because I, f- I feel like, and I've heard that, you know, they just looking at me a little bit more intensely than they would look at the dominant community who who works in this space. So, do you think that that is the the case in the in the community where it's more beautiful or it's more well taken care of than other communities? You think that is the reason why? It's that- I think that, I think that's partial. Okay. Um. So yes, I I do believe that this is true because. Most of the most LGBT are earthy type individuals, mm-hmm. and they also have the very flamboyant. So it's like a mixture. It's a, a plethora on a spectrum here. So if you're planting gardens, you're more um, um, earth friendly. You're more aesthetically. You want to use natural this, and that's investing because it's it's more expensive to eat healthy than it is to go get a cheeseburger. And that's how you look at it. But then now let's look at it from a culture perspective. LGBT has always been a staple in the culture of flamboyancy, color, style. And people, especially white people, follow that. Because when 
back then when they were establishing the houses and they were doing the underground, um, um, uh, not Studio 54, but like smaller versions of that underground and stuff, mm-hmm. Madonna came on the scene and started voguing. Well, they've been doing it. Mm-hmm. You just brought it to the limelight. So you're taking this culture, just like they take African-American culture and they misappropriate, they do LGBT. So they're looking at what well, is something about them that brings things to life. Hence the rainbow. They're bringing it to life. So why not appropriate that and then associate that with healthy growth? Because it is true. All of it is really not bad. Mm-hmm. Because you all you're focused, and most people are only focused on their partner. Quit focusing on my sexual preference. Focus on me being a human and what I'm doing to be in society. Right. And how I'm so contributing and making it. And how mm-hmm. And but then one thing about it is the the marches, because I had to understand this so well, because I'm not walking around with a flag on my forehead. Mm-hmm. You know me, I am what I am. But when you're looking at individuals that did the walks and the march and things like that, it was because not just to be seen and be at a parade, it's the fact of how we did marches to mm-hmm. sit in restaurants. LGBT did marches to exist without getting beat up at night. Mm-hmm. And then so it's all about existing that people are not looking, but then yet still you take the culture of the non-existent people and you appropriate it and you use it as a trend to to value housing, to value clothes, to value everything you need to market to be sold to for a consumer. Wow. So you're benefited from it. You just don't want to give a recognition for it. Wow. That's true. I mean, I know a couple of years ago, uh, my daughter, I have a daughter that lives down in Fort Lauderdale. And so... Um, one time I went down there, I reserved an Airbnb, <clears throat> uh, looked beautiful. She knows I'm very picky. They kept, they say I'm bougie or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> there are some, I have some standards, mm. right? And so I found this Airbnb on my own. Usually my kids will find it for me. And it was in a really beautiful area. I think it was Wilshire or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had my daughter come, you know, she came and she's like, oh, mom, this is a gay part of town. Like this is. Yeah. I was like, Oh, and it was beautiful. I mean, the houses, the the streets, the the when you left that, I guess, three, five mile radius, it changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole feeling of the neighborhood just shifted. And so I was even like, girl, you need to buy a house in here. <laughs> like, uh, but most, but. Yeah. Yeah, the most of the areas are. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. Now, I can't, yeah, I, I can't, I don't know that I've been to every area. I'm from New York, so mm. big diversity there. But um, it was very apparent to me that when there was a large con- concentration of people from the community there, mm-hmm. the community itself looks different, feels different. It's actually sometimes a lot more beautiful than I. Yeah that I even live in. I'm like, whoa, I want one of these houses. So, you know, it. you do say a lot when you say that, you know, you guys um, uplift the economy um, and in many different ways and how you need the support. So tell me, tell me what exactly would somebody like myself or someone else in real estate, you know, those, those areas that, you know, 
you may have experienced some marginalization. What do we need to do to properly serve you irrespective of our moral compass? Like what right. do you need to see from us? We need to see more presence because we have a very limited network of availability. Mm -hmm. So we don't know you exist just like y'all don't know we exist. Mm -hmm. We don't expect you. Now, I'm going to use this uh, because this is the truth. When African-Americans was on the run from slavery, they used to go to houses that always had the star on it because they knew that was a safe place. So in the LGBT world, if there's a flag in the window, we know that that's a safe place, that they accept our services. Mm -hmm. Because we went through a time where you couldn't even get nobody to officiate your wedding, which is one of the reasons why I became an officiant, because why not? We can get married. Or they would charge thousands of dollars to marry you. This was before, you know, this was after marriage became illegal. Or to bake a cake. Oh, you would turn me away because you have the right to say. Okay. All right. So then we had to create our own green book in order to get this done. Mm -hmm. So now we're telling people we want, I'm not a financial guru. So I have to reach out to somebody who knows finances. I make the money. And like I told you, I was horrible with it. I went through it. I don't know where it went. I can't tell you where it went. So then when we reach out to somebody to ask for help, and it's like, well, I, I can't help you. But why? Do you said you do this? And then now you want, you, do you want me to sue you? Okay, why do we have to get in that when you could just make yourself available? Mm -hmm. Saying, okay, it's not about your morality. And for those who are looking at it from a spiritual perspective or a religious perspective, you're not going to go to hell because you helped me put my money in the right place. <laughs> you're not going to hell for that. Let me handle me and God. You worry about what I'm employing you to do. That's right. And I think that's the biggest thing. Understanding if you want to market partner with individuals such as Alpha Lambda Zeta Fraternity Incorporated, we can put you in other spaces but we're not an all in all, but there's other organizations out there that you could partner with to get your name out there. And we do, we do a lot of word by mouth because when, when I found one United bank, the nation's own largest black bank, Oh, I was putting them out everywhere. Mm -hmm. I got, we going to set an appointment for the president to come and talk to us because again, we want fair banking too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want to be supported too. So it's like, People are going to find out because we're basing off of the experience. I'm not going to recommend you when we don't have a good experience. Mm -hmm. And same thing. I'm from Florida. You live in Florida. I'm born and raised in Florida. So I know how racist and I know how discriminatory um, Florida is to LGBT. But Florida get the biggest influx of tourist dollars in the month of May for sweet heat which is a large LGBT woman-only pride event. Mm. They, we flood Fort Lauderdale and Miami in the month of May for Sweet Heat. And I sat there and said, do y'all know it's still illegal for um, LGBT um, represented individuals to adopt in Florida? They haven't changed that law yet. And it's 2024, but we take our money and go flood Miami. Wow. You can take our money, but you don't want us to be equal in Florida. And I'm from Florida. Wow. So I'm, I tell people, put your money where your money is more valued. Mm -hmm. Go somewhere else. Go to Colorado. You ain't got to come back to Florida to, to keep giving them money because they don't want it. Same thing with individuals with businesses 
such as yours and other industry um, businesses, life insurance, all of it. Mm -hmm. It should be fair questioning. I should not have to tell you my sexual preference on an application for life insurance. Mm. Now I do. They changed some of that now. I have been yeah. some of it, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because they relate that sexuality to how many, how, how deviant you are sexually. That doesn't mean that. I'm with one partner. Just because I'm a lesbian, you're going to put me in a category of what you thought of, of how you think about gay men and the AIDS epidemic. No, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. So you need to give us fair questioning. My life insurance should be based off of what everybody else is based off of. As an African-American, I'm already fighting those numbers because you want me to be at a certain weight, which is not my weight. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we got a, so a black lesbian got a double whammy here. Yeah. yeah. So again, be available to us, be fair to us, give us that equity because we're here, we're not going anywhere. It's mm -hmm. only continually getting stronger. And again, that 3.7 trillion was in 2019. We're in 2024. It's time for another consensus to come out. Wow. And France just elected, I think, what, a couple of weeks ago, elected their first um, openly gay prime minister. Yeah. We're present. <laughs> like, this is not anything that's going to fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. So if you're not getting with the game plan, you're going to lose out on so many opportunities of financial success for yourself mm -hmm. because of your moral compass that's pointing in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. No, you said a mouthful there. You said a mouthful there. Oh my gosh. It, I mean, you are the bomb. I love just <laughs> listening to you and talking to you because you have schooled me. You know, um, I, I thank you for that. I really thank you for that. I didn't realize that in the community, these things were still an issue. I'll be honest. I guess I was blinded by, okay, well, this legislation was passed and they have these rights now, but I should know, right? I sh as a black woman, I should know like, yeah, well, heck, it's been, we've been able to vote for how long and, you know, with civil rights and all those things. And we still have all the, it, it was, we didn't get Juneteenth into 1865, but we was free. How many years? I know. I know. They don't. <laughs> I have clue i guess i was so myopic and you know i'm in my own space and i'm thinking about you know me as a black woman and not really opening up my mind so you know the the gift in this relationship really has been what i have learned from you what i have learned from the organization and the ability to now change my messaging like i literally i think it was after i met the couple that i mentioned earlier um I, I was like, I had to go to my friend and my daughter. My daughter is all about it. She, I mean, so many of her <laughs> friends are identified that way. And I remember her being in high school and them all coming to my house. And, you know, she just shared with me, like a couple of her friends' parents still don't know that they identify that way because they know that they would disown them. And I, as a parent, I'm like, oh my God, that makes me sick because I mean, these are my children. These are my right. This is what God gave me. And so, you know, they always came over and hung out. And I never, like, you know, made them feel weird. And one still comes over today and hangs out. So, but I really didn't pay attention. And mm -hmm. so forgive me for that. But I also then was prompted to 
go onto my website and communicate like, hey, woman to woman financial works with everybody. Right. If you need it, it no, no, not say everybody, but regardless of sexual orientation, of course, that's what I had to say. It's like, listen, I don't care how you identify, these services are available to you through my mm -hmm. firm. And I really wanted to make that loud and clear. And I like, I put it on my website on the bottom, but I'm like, is that enough? Like, what do I need? It's to enough. It's, it's okay. enough. Because one thing you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation and the fact that your company is woman to woman, let's look at the word woman, which is a now a huge argument with our transgender sisters and in the transgender community, because mm -hmm. everybody want to associate women with gender. Yeah. They never argue that they are females. They argue to be seen as a woman, which is represented. And that's where everybody's getting mixed up. And, and it's easier. So if you want to be seen as doctor, you put the DR in front of your name. So if I want to be seen as a certain way, I put it there so that that's how I want to be represented. That's how I want to be seen. And that's all that women of the transgender community is asking to see me how I present myself, not what I got in my drawers. And that's what everybody is going for. And it's like, they never said there was a female. They said, I'm a transgender woman. I love the femininity about myself enough to what that is what I want to be on the show front. Just like in the transgender male community, they want their masculinity to be number one. <laughs> Me as a lesbian, I dress masculine, but I'm 100% woman. I don't deny that. My pronouns are she, her, pay me, I'm rich, millionaire. You can add whatever you want to <laughs> Yeah. And that's important. The fact that your company is woman to woman is going to appeal to the woman because you value them as they present themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if they come to you and say, my name is Patricia, and you look at that, you might see an Adam's apple, but that's mm -hmm. Patricia. That one, let, but let them go to somewhere else. They're going to look at, well, your documentation says your name is Patrick. But that's not what I came here for. Yeah, you can't respect that about me, then we can't do business together. And that's another, again, underserved market because everybody's trying to fight them on wording screw the semantics they got money too <laughs> yeah really <laughs> yeah they have children that they're trying to prepare for too because prior to the transition what if they have biological children mm. and again they people have to put all of that to the side and say we're dealing with the person i don't care you can come in in a ball gown and and Tim's. I don't care. <laughs> what do you want to do about your success? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a good note to the folks out there listening, especially the professionals, the business owners. Listen, you know, you deal with yourself. You know, I, I am not telling you what to do. I am imploring you, though, you know, to really consider how you're treating people who are not like you. I'm really imploring you to think about what you're thinking about and what's important. Um, if somebody, you know, every business is not for the community. Every business is, every person is not, and that's fine. Uh, you take with what you will. But I know for me, for woman to woman financial, um, because of some of my experiences and my background, there's no way that I would 
as a business owner, shun a community away because I don't live like they live. Right. So period, point blank. And I think, and our last thing is like, I guess, is there a certain etiquette or certain things that we should do as business owners so we don't, it is. we don't piss you off and, you know, it's that, I, what's some example? First, don't be afraid to come into our space. When I say that, when you, we do national pride events, and I'm going to say every state across the board, typically some of the largest, New York is large. They have a large LGBT community there. Uh, and Atlanta, Atlanta has two. They got white pride and black pride. Um, so you got two. Show up. We have events where there's promoters out there that are legitimate, where you can go out and they have in the park events. They have events where you can go in and set up a table, promote, buy an ad, put yourself out there because we know that it's going to get that visibility. Be open and friendly because just like the Bible says, he that has friends must first show himself friendly. So if but you're not doing this, friendly. then do you have, I guess, just like, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I, but you know how in the community, sometimes I get people that'll email me and be like, yeah, I want to work with a black advisor. Right. And it's like, okay, that's great. Oh, I do that. Do you, right. But do you, is it, is it like, well, if you don't identify the way you identify, it's like, if you show up and you be present, like, you don't want to do no. Is that like Be a, yourself. No, be yourself. Okay. So okay. give you an example. The reason why I, I'm pro-black, I'm going to always go there first. Mm -hmm. Now, if you mess up, I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> but not you. I'm talking like, like my, person, like with, with my doctor. When, when my wife looks for my doctor, she know my criteria. They need to be black. They need to be a female, and they need to, my third would be from an HBCU. Okay. Why? Because I feel like you're going to represent me better. Okay. You feel comfortable. That's what I feel. You feel comfortable. really comfortable and especially with somebody that knows me. Yes. Exactly. So that's what I want to go with. But when you're not LGBT, it's still okay because we want you to present. And like you said about one of the things that you can do is to be open to what they are. You know, don't dismiss what they're saying. If a person introduced themselves as Patrick and you're looking at them and you're like, I see Patricia, don't Patricia them. Mm -hmm. They introduced themselves as Patrick. What's wrong with saying, well, Patrick, nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. Don't say, well, whatever you call yourself, now it's about to be a wrong. And that, now that is what I experienced. That's a workforce. It's disrespectful, but I experienced that in corporate America. I had a gentleman, well, I don't know what bathroom you want to use. I said, excuse? Because I asked them to point me to the restroom. I didn't say to the female restroom, I said, point me to the restroom. Well, whichever bathroom, I don't know which bathroom you want to use, but it's over there. Okay, now you want to you rumble. So if somebody comes to you, you can, and it's okay to ask, well, what are your pronouns? Yeah, I go to Star, I go to Starbucks often, and I try to keep that in my mindset because I'm old school gay. It was either gay or straight back in my day. Uh-huh. And then now, now we got to <laughs> have all this. Yeah. I got to figure out. So I ask, what are your pronouns? And they say, Oh, well, you can call me they. Well, they. I, I try to make that an habit because it is uncomfortable for you to call somebody they when you're thinking, well, wait a minute, that's too much. And again, some people do go overboard with these pronouns. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> so be open to how they present themselves. Well, how would you like me to identify you? 
And as a parent, and you brought this up and I want to make this real quick. A friend of mine, her daughter identifies in the LGBT community. But when we was talking and she's a real good friend of mine, I noticed a different flag on her daughter's wall. And I said, ask your daughter, what are her pronouns? And her daughter said, my pronouns is he and they. And she stopped. And I said, I felt in my spirit to ask that. I said, because that flag don't represent what you're telling me, what she identifies as. And I said, and she said, well, let me call you back. Let me go talk to my, my child. Go talk to your child because it's some reasons. I said, the reason why y'all not connecting because y'all not having the conversation. And it boils down to a conversation. It's, it's okay. And you are, and let me give you a word of warning. There are some trolls out there that are going to test you mm -hmm. to get you into that battle of gender pronouns. And it's okay to say, listen, I don't like your attitude. That's the reason why I want to deal business with you. Because that's a guy, I can't think of his name, that's on TikTok. He literally, she, whatever. She says she's transgender. She got facial hair and everything like a man. So it's natural for people to say, okay, sir, you're misgendering me. Listen, I didn't. Well, I mean, yes, I apologize. But they're doing it intentionally. And you're going to have that. And it's okay to say, you know what? I don't think that we're a best fit for a working relationship. And walk the hell on. They don't owe you nothing. And you don't owe them nothing as long as you're being respectful of what they're presenting. You ask, and if they now if you they tell you to call me she, and you continually calling them something else, then that's, that's different. Well, and you know that's a good point because I remember I was a full time professor, and <clears throat> this is kind of when the whole changing people being mm -hmm. changed themselves physically, and mm -hmm. a student came in, and she was clearly a she. But mm -hmm. was transitioning, um, and so she asked me to call her something else. No, I think it was a he who was transitioning to a she, and he was asking me to call them a different name that than what was on the roll. And so I was like, I was taken aback because I had never had anything right. like that come to me. And and I said, well, you know, I said in all in full transparency, you're gonna have to be patient with me. Right. Not that I don't respect you, but I'm looking at, let's say, Marsha right here or Jim and you saying call you Marsha. I've got a I've got to process that. So would you be patient with me? Because I'm also looking at you and you look like Jim. And this is my first go round. Exactly. So I tried, you know, I was like, I'm not trying to offend you. I just want you to understand that if I slip up, it's not out of sheer disrespect. Right. It's just that what I'm looking at here and what I'm looking at there doesn't necessarily match. So it's going to take me some time. And I think, and, and, and the student didn't seem to be offended or anything. I think what you're saying is, you know, be transparent and be authentic mm -hmm. about it, not be disrespectful because you refuse to accept the way exactly. people identify themselves, but you be authentic and say, Hey, listen, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just, I, I might have to practice this a minute. So can you yeah. embrace? And it's a level of maturity on on the other person's yeah. um, side. Because when I'm, again, I'm, I'm working my space and I know, like if we're having conversation and I notice that the person is jumping around, whether they're calling me, you know, and I say, you know, it's okay to call me Joy. And they were like, thank you. I can sense that they was, they was trying to get it right. But if you looking at me and I got on a bow tie and I got all red hair and we're talking, I'm, I'm okay with it. 
because at the end, one of my pronouns is pay me. It's, I don't care. Pay me. So I was, yeah. And I tell them real quick, it's okay to call me Joy. And they're like, thank you, Joy. And I said, you know, it's okay. Everybody's not like that. And you're yeah. going to encounter people like that. And it's okay, April, to say, you know what? I just don't think this is a good fit because I'm not intentionally, but I'm also not going to be in, enticed into an antagonistic relationship. Yeah, I'm not good to be over your pro Yeah, over your, your pronoun. You choose who you want to be because it's people that's calling themselves X, Zon, Zer. Joy Young is not doing all of that. Right. I don't care what community I'm in. I'm not going to go through all of that. I'm, I don't have time. <laughs> I got other stuff I didn't think about. So I will call you by your name or like I do with my frats. We call each other frats. It's general. <laughs> you're my friend. I don't care if you're non-binary or what. I don't care. I didn't got time so, to do And, you know, that's a good point because I think when I led this podcast and I introduced you, um, you didn't correct me, and maybe you should have, but I, I said Miss Joy, right? And so that... Oh, but I am. Yeah, okay, I'm sure. So that's fine. So, but what I need to do, you've edu you're educating me, you're schooling me, is ask how you want me to call you like what do you want me you know what do you identify you say, so yeah what, oh yeah i would say it would yeah i would say more of do you have a particular pronoun you would like me to address you as okay okay because if you because then because then you'll get the what you mean identify as what you're trying to nobody got time for that <laughs> do you have a pronoun that you would like me and they're like oh no i'm sure okay we're good to go oh no i prefer they okay that's fine they they ain't you it's, it's it becomes habit forming you have to say it over right. I do it now. I have to stop myself, and I'll be like, dang. Even when I'm talking about some of my frats, I have to stop myself and, you know, put it in. So it it takes time, and nobody's faulting you if it takes time. If you put forth the effort and it's sincere, it will be received. Point blank period. And if they don't receive you, yeah, to the curve. Oh, I'm with you. Listen, I'm exactly. not going to work with anybody that is, is tough to work with. And now I'm sure they don't want to work with me. We just, I will be very clear that, hey, listen, I'm probably not the best fit for you. Exactly. Maybe you can go to this one and, you know, good luck, deuces, because I, I like and be done that with night it. and I like peace. So I'm not going to do exactly. that. And I'm not going to intentionally disrespect someone. So I thank you for giving me some tips as a business owner and my listeners tips as a business owner. If they decide to really put aside their biases and whatever they have, to really embrace the community so that you all can get the services that you need and everybody profits, everybody mm -hmm. uh, benefits from it. So uh, I know we're over time because this conversation was so freaking good. Um, I thank you so much for your time. I know you're traveling you. and you got to get out of town. And so I thank you even on your vacation, you took the time out to kind of stop in and help me and talk to me and educate my audience. Um, is there anything else you want to end off with? How can people learn more about your fraternity? Maybe if they want to contact you for some of the coaching you do, what? Thank you. How would you like them to do that? Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait because we have a lineup in February for our financial discussion. So we'll be seeing each other again very soon. <laughs> um, so we're looking forward because we want to hit these people when these taxes hit. Come on and get <laughs> and get their money in the right way. But um if you're interested in the LGBT organization, and even if we're not a fit for you, because we do focus on aggressive lesbians, non-binary, those of that nature, uh, we can direct you in another way. 
not a problem. You can always follow us on, um, you go to our website, alphalambdazeta.com. Um, you'll see my face up there. You can always inbox us. We will help you and get you to the red. We have a lot of friends in the community. We'll get you somewhere, you know. Um, and if you're looking for any type of coaching, you can always check me out on TikTok, The Winning Circle, um, 88, I believe. You can catch me on Facebook, Joy Young. I always got something to say. Um, and I just want to be a help. If there's anything that I can assist you with, even if it's your wedding, you can go to pragmalove.net. And um, I do travel four feet, um, but we're here to help you and, and or get you the resources that you need for success. Awesome. And listen, if you're out there and let's say you have been um, banished by your family, you have been kicked out. Joy mentioned that earlier, how families are just not as accepting and loving because of your lifestyle. I think Joy mentioned in Baltimore, they have a resource and they partner with an organization that kind of helps that. So if you're in that area, I would say reach out to her, reach out to their organization, and I know they can direct you. We want you to make sure that you're safe. You know, we want you to be housed. We want you to give the love and support from the community that will help you. And so Absolutely. I can't imagine how it would feel to not have your family. Um, and so I think Joy's group, the fraternity, could be a really good family for you. So if you're out yeah. there and you need that love and support, then I would encourage you to reach out to her as well. Or if you know somebody, um, real quick, Covenant House is um, typically uh, in a lot of different states. They will be a good point of contact. But reach out to us. We'll find your location, and we will reach out to our resources to find you the best help. Awesome. Awesome. Man, thank you. You are blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Travel safely, and I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, April. Doctor. April. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.